Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Svelte Radio, the premier Svelte podcast online, the best one, probably the only one, but I, I like it. It's, it's ours. I am joined by my beautiful co-hosts, Brittany and Anthony. Hello. Hello. Hey. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. What have yeah. you guys been up to? I went on vacation, which was really nice. Oh, Beautiful that, uh, Southern Caribbean. That that sounds awful. Ah, yuck! It was just amazing. I'm missing it right now because it is freezing yeah. here for some reason. It is supposed to be the most beautiful time of year. The only time to live in Michigan is like this time of year, <laughs> and it is all of a sudden freezing again. So I don't yeah. know. My mom visits, it's, and this is what happens. So she's here right now, and just ban her. Bad weather with her. So hmm? I think you should just ban her. Yeah, I'm <laughs> coming. Then it'll always be nice. It's the opposite over here. We have we have like a heat wave or something. It's it's 27 oh. degrees Celsius. So that's 80 80 Fahrenheit, I think. Oh. Which is that, that which sounds is like the very warm for usually. for us, right? That's very yeah. warm for you. I, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah Can't you see? I'm all red same. and stuff from the sun. <laughs> see, it was 90 two weeks ago, and that was that's a little warm for us. So yeah. 90 Fahrenheit right. is like a little too okay. warm. Yeah, we, we have right. the same. It's, it's about thirty something, I think, and it's it's too hot. Yeah. It's far too hot. Our house aren't built for it. Um, yeah, like we so can't we can't sleep at cool. night. Hey, it's yeah, like no cool. right now here. Oh yeah, it's, it's so cold. Yeah, that that sounds awful. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, today we have two guests with us, and we're going to talk about Svelte Lab. So I'd like to welcome Antonio and Paolo. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good, I guess. It's a bit of yeah. a rough period for me because I am super busy, but it's good. All right, cool, cool. So uh, you you two have worked on this this project of, of yours called Svelte Lab. But before we get into that, so the, sh the short of it is that it's a REPL. But before we get into what it actually is and what we actually do with it, maybe we can talk a bit about like who you are, where you're, where you're based, where you're coming from. What's your what's your background with with regards to Svelte and I guess web development in in general? Okay, yeah, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, so yeah, I'm into web development since 2017, I think, uh, when we I learned about it in uh, university, and uh, yeah. I learned how easy it is to build UI with HTML and CSS and got really excited about all the possibilities. 
And then um, 2020, late 2020, I wrote an article on web components and learned that Svelte has a really nice option for, or is a really nice option for creating web components because the syntax is so simple and it's been a love story ever since. And um, yeah, super huge uh, fan and uh, just love working with it. Yeah, so in, in Svelte 4, we're actually getting even better web component support as well. So that's, yeah. that's great for, for people that are interested in that. Actually, right, using less web component APIs is better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am I'm into web development actually from 17, 17 years uh, ago because uh, it all started because I like to play um, uh, RPC uh, games and uh, I used to play uh, by chat. So there were these wonderful uh, websites uh, built with PHP uh, where you can chat and uh, uh, build your uh, your your world. Uh, and it was very cool. And I learned a bit of HTML there back then. Um, and then a friend of mine said, "Okay, we want to build one or one of those play by chat uh, website." And I thought that HTML was enough, and I said yes. <laughs> and then I, I discovered <laughs> that that it was not what was needed. Uh, but instead of just say, okay, we can do it, I decided to start to learn. And uh, so I got into university, and uh, I actually left the web development for a bit, maybe for the better, because basically I skipped all the jQuery, the, the uh, Ember.js <laughs> phase, and I come back when uh, uh, React was popular, and I started to look into React view, uh, and then I saw the, the talk where uh, Rich presented uh, uh, Svelte 3, um, and the moment he said it was a framework that used a compiler, it was like mind-blowing for me, because it was it's, it's such a powerful idea, and uh, it blew me away that uh, no one else ever think of that. And so I fell in love with Svelte because it's, it's also very similar to HTML and it's very powerful in my opinion. And now basically I use Svelte for every side project and soon for work too. And I'm, I <laughs> oh, nice. So, nice. All right, you built this this very cool project called Svelte Lab. Uh, how, how did that come about? Like, what, what, what inspired it? What started the idea? It was all Antonio's fault. No, <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because uh, when uh, Svelte Society announced the, the hackathon, um, Antonio said, who wants to team up? Uh, and uh, I said, me. Because we, we actually uh, kind of know each other uh, just by interacting with uh, Svelte Twitter, because again, we are both Svelte lovers. So uh, we, uh, we, we, for example, we bought, um, um, made uh, uh, Advent of View in Svelte uh, using the Svelte REPL. So we both are very lovers of the Svelte REPLs. And so we started to brainstorming uh, what we could do for the hackathon. And uh, I had this idea because um, I always uh, love to just, when I, whenever I have to do something, I want to first do it in isolation. And uh, it, was, it, it was perfect for Svelte component because we had the REPL, 
But then as soon as you start to add something like uh, navigation, uh, it was not that powerful. Uh, and so we started to brainstorming uh, this idea of a REPL that can run uh, SvelteKit and tailored towards SvelteKit. And uh, also we, we, the timing was perfect because uh, there was uh, the, the recent release about the Web Container API and Notebox by uh, by code sandbox and so we tested a bit and uh, decided to the to go to the web container api and then we started to build uh, the, the actual project yeah so this might be a dumb question but where do you actually start when you're building the something like this because it's a it's a very it's a fairly complex kind of thing right like you have to yeah. combine a, a ton of different features yeah, so basically, <clears throat> it's a lot of wiring up different parts that do the heavy lifting. We just glue everything together, in my mind. Uh, so we use the Web Container <laughs> API to run Node in the browser. So that's also what uh, StackBlitz is using and also what the learn.svelte.dev website is using. So we run Vite and SvelteKit inside your browser. And then we basically just uh, glue it to a, a file tree and a, a editor. Uh, we use Code 6, so we can also we use it on mobile, and uh, then we also just plug in an iframe where the uh, web container site is uh, running, and then you basically have it. Where Paolo did the proof of concept in like one uh, afternoon or something, it was really crazy. Oh how wow! Fast it was, uh, yeah, done. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it was a proof of concept, a, a real proof of concept because it was basically just a text area, a bunch of divs for the console, and an iframe. But actually, the Web Container API is pretty powerful because yeah. uh, obviously under the hood, they are doing a lot of crazy things that I don't even know. But uh, the, the, the API surface uh, is very small. It's very minimal because you can yeah. mount some files, you can run some, spawn some process. And so uh, you just run pmpm create svelte and it will just create the project inside the web gotcha. container you can run pmpm create dev uh, pmpm dev to to launch it and then you get uh the the, the iframe url from them so obviously uh, again it, this was a very basic poc yeah. and then we started to to look at a lot of things that an editor kind of required because, for example, the ability to write inside your terminal, uh, the ability to even just some minuscule things like, for example, the fact that if you run a, a command and then you uh, press arrow up, you want that command to, to be shown right. again. And in the beginning, we actually created a, a sort of, uh, um, of terminal, homemade terminal, but it was... <laughs> impossible to, to maintain. So we actually use uh, Xterm.js, which is another super cool project because it's a full-blown terminal inside made with JavaScript uh, and that actually interprets uh, ANSI code and uh, it does a lot of heavy lifting, heavy lifting for you. Again, as Antonio said, we are actually just gluing together things, but yeah. that's kind of what web web development is so <laughs> i mean is right. this the sort of thing is this the sort of thing that like vs code uses for their terminal and, and and gitpod and things like that exactly okay yeah exactly ah interesting so all these these giant projects they're built on on this one small project 
that's open yeah, source I mean, maintained by this one person. <laughs> in what's the meme? XKDC package. What's what's the? I'm sure everyone has seen it. Like this, the whole the pile of different boxes yeah, the top pile. Of and then the one small <laughs> box that's about to tip over. There's like this one open source project. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, that's happened okay. a million times. Right? OpenSSL is an example of that, I think. But I, I guess, I guess, um, it's interesting because I always wondered about that sort of thing. Um, you know, using VS Code and seeing the terminal in there and thinking it's kind of my terminal, but it's kind of behaves a little bit differently. And I didn't know why that was the case. So it's interesting. Yeah. So when it comes to to building something like this, you you mentioned it's it's just like tying together things, gluing things together so that they they're working. What what kind of stuff is like what what parts of this actually before we head into that, let's talk a bit about the features so so I, we people understand more more what you can actually do here. So you have a you have a command palette for example. I'm sure this is not something that you could just like take off the shelf like some ready-made project. Like you have, probably have to build a lot of this stuff yourself. Yes, actually, uh, there was a, a, a very good project about uh, a command palette made in Svelte, but uh, there was some itches that uh, we we don't properly like it. So we ended up building ourselves the the command palette. Uh, but uh, I think this is also the beauty of, of, of open source because obviously uh, we borrowed the the good parts of that. Uh, uh, of that uh, command palette and added something else. For example, we we also wanted the ability to swap files from the command palette. So actually, just like VS Code, you can run the command palette. And if there is the, the angle bracket at the start, you are running in command mode. Otherwise, you are running in swap files mode. Um, yep. So there was these, these little things that we needed because we wanted to 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 create these and so we created our, our custom command palette just for example like the the file tree and that's actually uh, maybe the, the the things that I like to that I like to to work least <laughs> in Svelte because dealing with the, the file tree and file system it's always a mess <laughs> it's always a mess yeah uh, but even then, we, we had to do something custom because uh, yeah. there was some very specific issue. For example, the fact that we wanted specific icons for uh, specific files. Uh, uh, so we, yeah, we built a lot of things custom. And uh, we had a, a kind of roadmark during the hackathon because we had a, a minimum hackathonable project, so it was not an MVP, <laughs> but minimum hackathonable project because we, <laughs> we 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 knew we wanted some feature, and without that feature, we it wasn't even worth to to present for the hackathon. Uh, yeah. But then we we actually reached the MHP uh, mid hackathon, if I can remember correctly. Wow. And so we 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 spent the the last part of the hackathon to refine something and to make it as much as possible tailored towards Veltkit because that was our real goal. Like we wanted yeah. a, a, an editor that could really integrate with this Veltkit development. So I'm I'm looking here at the so you you mentioned the the file tree here and 
I noticed that you hide a lot of the files that are that you can usually see in in like a Svelte project, and I I, I think that's that's probably a good thing. Uh, so things like ooh, I can't even remember what kind of files that are that I could usually see in here, but it's like, like git ignore files, files and all of this hard. stuff. Yeah, so the yeah, idea pretty, was pretty that, that um, we're mostly working inside the source folder. If you're doing quick experiments, you probably won't even touch anything at the root. So um, yeah. you can just uh, show the file tree from the source folder. So all the clutter just gets away. You can focus on the actual stuff that you're trying to do. Yeah. And uh, the file tree is a bit more cleaner. But you can just uh, use a command or inside the file tree in the menu, you can toggle it back and forth. So uh, if you need to yeah. edit a file, you can also search for the file in the uh, command. It's like a uh, focus palette. mode. Yeah. Yeah. I wish no, that was easier very... to set up in VS Code. I know that you can, but it's not like quite as intuitive as I would like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. VS Code has some some issues that could be like it could be a bit better in some sense. Um, all right. So so there's also so you also have so you have a command palette and then and in that you can you can. Do a bunch of stuff. You can you can install uh, things like Tailwind and other things through uh, Svelte Add, yeah. uh, which is uh, a great project by Jay on the Discord, Jacob. And uh, yeah, I, I assume this was mostly just like building a, a modal that popped up, and then you actually just run the command in StackBlitz. Maybe I'm simplifying here, but. Along yeah, that's basically lines. it. We just have yeah. uh, buttons for each of the packages Svelte Add provides, and then uh, we just run the terminal command, and then yeah, it does the rest. So we, again, I just plugging stuff in, just gluing stuff together to make it a nice experience. But the heavy lifting is done by the Svelte Add on that part. Exactly, but it's such a nice like user experience on the front end. Like you plugging yeah. all of that in for you makes like a nice developer user experience on the other end. One of the best commands, in my opinion, that I use is a lot. I use a, I use a lot is searching the SvelteKit doc right inside uh, SvelteLab because uh, it helps you maintain the the the, the, the focus. Yeah. The context, exactly. And uh, um, some very often I don't even need to open the because if you then click on the on the on the record it will brings you to to, to the actual SvelteKit documentation yeah. but given that uh, you also get a bit of context inside the the the, the search uh, sometimes i don't even need that maybe I, I don't remember the 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 signature of a function or and and so i just type there and search obviously the the create root for example is another one because we have it in in, uh, in VS Code and it's very, very yep. good and very, very useful. Uh, and obviously, StackBlitz will never implement something like this because they have to yep. be as broad as possible. So, uh, for example, if you open a React project inside StackBlitz, uh, there's n no way to, to create a root. Uh, so right. that's the kind yep. of things that, in my opinion, um, uh, made SvelteLab really uh, tailored toward the SvelteKit yeah. development. So, so um, I guess uh, following up on that, like these these very specific Svelte and SvelteKit features, like, do you have any other ideas that you want to implement that you haven't gotten around to yet? 
I'm not sure what we, that would be, but <laughs> we are actually uh, for the moment we are trying to enhance the experience in editor because uh, um, one key part that in my opinion is missing is the integration with the Svelte language server uh, and the TypeScript language server because I mean having uh, autocompletion and having diagnostics yeah. uh, it's very very important in my opinion uh, that's probably why 90% of the people use TypeScript. Uh, and so it's very, very important to have these. We, had, we have made some progress because uh, right now we are integrating the diagnostics with SvelteCheck. So uh, we use SvelteCheck under the hood to check your whole project. And so you get errors and diagnostics inside the Svelte file and the TypeScript file from Svelte, uh, SvelteCheck. But we are also trying to uh, actually uh, use the Svelte language server inside the Web Container API and communicate with that. Uh, we are missing a bit of things because uh, there is actually, uh, I think a, 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 it's actually a bug because we are also communicating with the, the Stack Blitz team because uh, they actually like very like Svelte Lab very much. So we are communicating with them, and there is actually a, a, I think it's a bit of a of a bug. So if I run the Svelte language server through MPX, uh, it doesn't work, and it it should work. Mm. So they are actually trying to fix this. Um, but so hope, uh, hopefully at some point it'll just start working for you guys then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, I have to say the StackBlix team is one of the most collaborative and working with like the browsers and other Absolutely. people trying to get this out and like working. And I mean, it's it's also like good for them as a company, obviously, like it's their product and they want it to work well, but they're they're trying to like do something good for the ecosystem too. And they actually really made a PR for Chromium, if I can remember correct. To, to fix a bug that was affecting uh, the web container API. Yeah. Yeah, they're very nice people. Uh, I got to, to meet um, uh, their developer relations person, Sylvia, on a, at a conference uh, yeah. a while back. Super nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, so okay. Where, so, yeah. where is this hosted? Sorry. Sorry, just is this all hosted on Fly? Because I can see some Fly Tomble stuff in, in there. It's all, all on Fly. Uh, no, actually, it's just the 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 pocket base instance okay. that is hosted on Fly, uh, and uh, the, the oh, Svelte Lab is actually oh. all, all hosted on the edge on Vercel. On the edge, nice. <laughs> so, on the edge as well. Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's Did it cool. go down yesterday? Uh, I think no, because uh, uh, I yeah, think edge edge is on Cloudflare, right? Well, exactly. it, it is, but it uses. Well, yeah. It uses AWS routing from from that region, so it may mm. have been inaccessible. Uh, depends like on depends on various factors, but I think there I think even Edge went down, which yesterday. is a shame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so so let's let's talk a bit about the, your choice of of Pocket Base. Like, wh why did you end up picking Pocket Base? So uh, Pocket Base, for anyone who is not aware, is like a fire open source Firebase uh, project kind of competitor or alternative is maybe a better word. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it just uh, speaks to me because it's similar to Svelte. It's super simple. It just like one thing very well, uh, very focused, uh, very easy to set up, and uh, it just works out of the box and plays pretty nice with Svelte as well. So 
Also, the front uh, end, the, the front end for Pocket Base is built with Velt. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> ah. yeah. yeah. It's it's a it it is a very nice project. Um, mm-hmm. Do you like how how do you use it? Do you use it for authentication of users? Like, do you store files? Like, how how does it work under the hood? Like, wh- what do you do? Yeah, uh, we use it for um, uh, authentication. So because you can actually, mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, a basic OAuth flow was uh, uh, simple enough, but yep. uh, it's provided, so we, we decided to use it. Um, that makes sense. So we use it to authenticate, and then we also use to store all the reports. And another thing that, uh, because we choose, the reason because we choose uh, Fly.io was because we wanted something very simple uh, and uh, uh, Pocket Base under the hood uses uh, SQLite, uh, so we don't want yep. the something heavy. I, I mean, not that Postgres is heavy, but it's heavier than SQLite. I mean, it requires another server or exactly. instance and, of some yeah. kind. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so, so it was very speak- easy to set up because actually it was, I think, a Docker file on uh, on Fly.io. Uh, it's not oh, nice. very heavy. It's not very, uh, and it's very easy also to 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 work with. And uh, yeah. there there is also the ability to store actual files. Uh, but uh, since we yeah. actually needed the, the the whole file structure, uh, it's just a, a blob, <laughs> a big JSON inside uh, mm-hmm. Pocket Base. Uh, inside Pocket okay, Base. Okay, so. So, so, so the whole file structure, including the code for each file, is that just yeah, one big exactly. JSON? Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. I imagine. I imagine that could be. Uh, that could. That could get hairy if someone is. <laughs> have. If someone has like a huge yeah. project in there. <laughs> That's why, for example, we limit the the file because we added. We recently added the file upload ability, so you can upload assets. But we okay. had to limit the the, 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 the amount of uh, of data. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if you are building a, a super huge project inside right. Svelte Lab, uh, you should you probably build crazy. it locally. <laughs> exactly. Svelte Lab is for quick experiments. So uh, we actually thought about maybe we should uh, actually upload files. Uh, but then, for example, the whole Svelte Lab repo, excluding node modules that does not get sent to, to Pocket Base, is like 200k. So it, it, right. if, you, if you extrapolate just the, the files, just the code, obviously it's not that heavy. So yep. it's, we are pretty confident that we can continue mm-hmm. like this. And if someone will upload a, like a Windows file system inside Svelte <laughs> <laughs> inside Svelte Lab. We, yeah. we are screwed but we will uh, <laughs> shut the, the Fly.io instance down and uh, <laughs> yeah I don't so think I have a, qu- I have a question that. about uh, sorry I can't carry on no no well, most of my question really isn't really Svelte related it's kind of Pocket Base related, but obviously, Pocket Base is SQLite, and SQLite has this JSON data store. But is where is that JSON data store stored? Because I thought Fly was like basically Docker containers, 
um, and Docker containers are ephemeral. So how does it get persisted forever and ever and ever? Yeah, you you get uh, you can uh, add, attach a volume uh, in ah. Flutter.io. Okay, cool, yeah. uh, there's also I mean they have a pretty generous free tier also for volumes. Uh, nice. In the future, we might uh, because one things that we wanted to add was the was a bit of some replica around the world on the edge. Yeah. yeah. To, to facilitate that. But also, uh, we are actually using a regional edge uh, on Vercel. So it's actually just on, I think it's uh, in Washington. Okay. So it's closer to, to, to our yeah. instance of, uh, of Flight.io. So, so uh, when it comes to using PocketBase for something like this, I, I have no idea like what kind of numbers you, you, you are seeing, but... Uh, you you always hear this thing about like oh you shouldn't use SQLite for things that are write heavy, uh, etc. Like have have you seen any issues with with people complaining about not being able to save or or um, stuff like that? No, and I think also because uh, from what I've read, I think Pocket Base is is you can easily handle like ten thousand connection uh, concurrently. Yeah. So and we don't have ten thousand <laughs> connection concurrently. Right. We wish we yeah. have, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but uh, obviously we are on a much more much smaller scale. So yeah, uh, we never run into problem. I hope someday we will run into problem and then we can. <laughs> it's a good scale problem up. to have. <laughs> exactly, it's a very good problem to have. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, any any other things that we haven't touched on that we should maybe talk about? Uh, one thing I would like to say is uh, because SvelteKit is like the the basic or the, the core for everything you want to do in Svelte, it's really nice because we don't have to make any assumptions. Or, or we can make assumptions on what kind of build setup we are using and we can like tailor it for any kind of Svelte application. So um, from small component tests to like a whole routing uh, test you can do everything with SvelteKit and we can just plug into that uh, with one unified tool so that's really nice uh, that these things are so coherent and working together yeah yeah so uh, so I just got an idea here like have you thought about having so at the moment when you go to the Svelte Lab website you just get thrown into like a hello world kind of project uh, yeah what about having different kinds of basic project structures that are already set up. Is that something you've, you've thought about? That's something that we need really to address. And uh, so I want to publicly say that we have documentation. So if you go to docs.sveltlab.dev, because just uh, <laughs> as what uh, just happened to Kevin, we actually have templates. So uh, you have different kind of templates. You can set up your default template from the command palette or even just open a new template. So we have, for example, TypeScript template where TypeScript is already set up. We have Tailwind template. We have Tailwind plus uh, TypeScript. We have MDSVEX. Um, and we are also, uh, one of the idea was to being able to tag one of your REPL as a template. So it's you can even just fork it, but uh, other than fork a, a, a REPL, you can also share uh, your REPL as a template so that 
the other people just go and can choose your REPL as a template, as a basic template. Oh, nice. I, I completely missed this feature. Um, definitely something I'm going to take a look at. Yeah, that's like kind of an issue we, we ran into because we have so many features, but they are all hidden in the command palette. Yeah. So we just <laughs> recently added a new menu bar so you can have like a drop down of different sections where yeah. the features are maybe a bit more discoverable. But yeah, it's, it's also why we have the docs now. So people maybe have more ways of finding stuff. Could you maybe have like a like a modal that pops up? So I don't know if you're using a service worker of some kind, uh, like every time there's a new version, you can pop up a modal that shows like a change log. Oh, here's the new. Yeah, I, I'm I always know. against uh, having something that interrupts because I, if I want yeah. to experiment, I just want to go on the page and start editing. And yep. uh, so oh, that's why enough. I don't want anything blocking. But but then again, like if if you only do it for major new features, then I'm sure. Like in VS Code, when they have a new change, it like pops open a new tab. And yeah, I yeah, almost always just exit very... out. Like I never read oh, yeah. it because it's just that's true. It's interrupting to your flow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Could yeah. could also could also have it that down in the in the right corner if you don't hide that thing. Yeah. Yeah, like we have the intro, yeah. Yeah. Um, something like pop that. Over I don't know. Pop up. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Vercel is the platform for front-end developers, providing the speed and reliability innovators need to create at the moment of inspiration. Founded by the creators of Next.js, Vercel has zero configuration support for 35-plus front-end frameworks, including SvelteKit. We enable the world's largest brands like Under Armour, eBay, and Nintendo to iterate faster and create quality software. Try out Vercel today to experience the easiest way to use Svelte. And also another thing that I would like to to go towards with SvelteLab, because one thing that I really love, for example, about CodePen is the ability to see what other people are doing. Uh, and mm. I think this is also very true for the Svelte REPL, because if you search something Svelte-related on Google, you will get a lot of Svelte REPLs that are doing maybe just that thing that you're looking uh, forward to doing. So I would like to experiment a bit with these, like having a showcase page where you can uh, look at uh, what other people are experimenting on Svelte Lab. Right now, for example, you can share your profile page uh, to, to let other people look at all your repls, but I don't think anyone has ever, do that, <laughs> has ever did that. Yeah. I mean... I know about this feature and I never did it. So I think right. a lot of people... <laughs> yeah, basically because every single REPL is there. So all the Hello World <laughs> stuff where we just uh, tried out is also there. So that's also why we think about adding some type of collection or playlist where you can like group different REPLs together. So if you have like a bug report and have the solution and you want to keep them together, you can do that that way. But uh, yeah, that's not implemented yet. And we're just thinking about how that could look. It would add yeah. a bit of a social feature, but you would also get more traffic and SEO to your site. So I think that would be beneficial. Yeah. Also, one thing that I want to I want to to say is the fact that you can download uh, a Svelte Lab project. Uh, so in mm -hmm. the command palette, you can actually download that zip. And I want to say it because uh, luckily there are uh, quite a few people that are using Svelte Lab to provide reproduction for bugs in SvelteKit. 
uh, and I, I saw a lot of a lot of times uh, uh, maintainers that say, "Okay, uh, can you pre- please do it in StackBlitz because we can download this, so you can download it." <laughs> so yeah, just job. a question about about other features what about collaboration how difficult is that obviously you know it, i guess it somewhat depends on the code mirror stuff and yeah i think uh co- collaboration is it's actually i think a core package of uh code mirror okay. uh, but uh we for the moment we we don't have collaboration mm-hmm. and i mean one of the issues might be that obviously we will need another external service for the WebSocket, because I mean, you're, right? You, Pocketbase has support for real time, so if yeah. you can maybe, use maybe. it with uh, with the Codemir stuff, <laughs> so maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's worth a try. Yeah, it's a good idea. That would be cool. Mm. But then you have to build all of this stuff around like who gets to edit who. Who is allowed to to delete ad files? All that stuff, and that's probably like a, a lot of stuff to to add. <laughs> the next hackathon, yeah. yes, <laughs> next year. <laughs> so uh, I I think that's that's it for 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 my questions at least. Brittany, Anthony, do you have any? No, I think the only things that we didn't mention, we talked about it beforehand, but um, we were talking about web container support being in Safari. I tried it last weekend on an iPad and you have to actually use the Safari browser on an Apple product. So I use Firefox and Chrome and Edge and you can't use those browsers even though they use Safari under the hood. You have to use actually Safari, which sucks, but... I'm actually using Safari now to to check out the the Svelte yeah, website. Yeah, because you're you of course you are. You like <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, uh, yeah, yeah. My my only question, really, I guess, I guess, is sort of uh, aside from adding features to this, where next? What's the what's the next big thing? I think the 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 thing we are focusing right now is providing uh, the the correct IntelliSense for uh, for a Svelte project. So this is a thing uh, we are kind of focusing right now, uh, and then uh, collections absolutely, and then mm-hmm. we are kind of experiment. Again, this is a, a bit of a busy p- moment for us. So yeah. we are actually working on on Svelte Lab, but. Uh, not as much as I would like to. I would like to work a bit more on Svelte Lab, but uh, obviously uh, times come <laughs> and times go. <laughs> but yeah. we will continue to work on Svelte Lab because, again, it, it's our baby and we love it and uh, we want to <laughs> bring it to the next level. Cool. Yeah. And also well, people are sense. using it and people are sharing links. It's so amazing to see people from the community <laughs> sharing examples using it. It just warms my heart that people actually use it. Yeah, yeah, because it... I, I know y'all are both really busy too, but it would be really nice to have some of those features in integrated into like VS Code too. If anybody wants to make an extension that like yeah. does that, that would be great to have like just spell add thing where you could do the command palette and do spell add or have the hiding the stuff on the sidebar would be yeah. great. I've always thought like Svelte add should be like a part of, of the, the Svelte the actual Svelte extension? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, or even just like because now it's a separate external project. Like, and yeah. I, I understand that they don't want to bring on more packages and take on more responsibility, but or it, bless it, anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's kind of like one of those essential things that I think more people would use it if they knew about it, and mm-hmm. I think blessing it would would help would with do that. that. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually uh, sometimes I also ask the Kev about this because uh, I'm kind of vocal about Svelte-Lab, uh but that's not because I built it. <laughs> I mean, that's also because I built it. I'm I'm proud of Svelte-Lab, <laughs> but it's it's very it's all exactly because I think it's something that the Svelte ecosystem needs. So if tomorrow. Uh, Puru comes in and say, okay, I rewrote the whole uh, Svelte uh, uh, REPL and now it's just like Svelte Lab. I will be vocal exactly at the same, uh, at the same, <laughs> <laughs> same way. Yes, yeah, something tells me though that, that we're, we're going to have like the regular REPL. And I think that it makes sense to have them both, right? Because mm-hmm. just building a, like the, you can definitely feel the difference in snappiness, if you will. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. The amount of time it takes to instantiate a project and and so on. So for quick Svelte only stuff, it definitely makes sense to have the REPL. Um, yeah, and that's definitely. also what you kind of want to. I I think that's what you want to show people first as well. Like, oh, mm-hmm. here's here's sure. how to use Svelte, and then you move on to Svelte Kit and Svelte App. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Things for sure. Okay, so. We have reached our uh, one of our standing topics for <laughs> for every episode. We are at the unpopular opinions section, and today it seems like uh, Brittany has one. Let's hear it. <laughs> I have one because we were talking before the episode about a design that I received today that has this list view of a product card that has it's basically like a table view and there's too much data in it and so it looks like a table and we got in this conversation and kev i think said you should just use a native html table and i said they are awful because they're not responsive so you use like the native table element and then when you get to a mobile viewer if you start at like mobile responsiveness you have to use divs and then change it and that's awful to do like in code like you have to use some kind of logic to make that swap and i don't like doing that in in the code i would rather just use the same markup yeah and the same css and allow the css to do what it's good at rather than using javascript to do something that the css should be doing right so we we do this with css by the way um, I'll show you the code, but there's a, a little known attribute called content. And what happens is when you resize one of our tables, just using pure CSS, it drops into cards um, with, no, with no, no logic, no JavaScript, nothing. The display content? Is yeah, what? It, well, it's, it, what happens is you, you add on each header element, you add uh, an attribute called something like content, and then you can address that content thing in CSS and grab the text. And so in pure CSS, you can turn it into cards, which will basically give you like, uh, you know, 
well, a card representation of a table row, right? So you've got like, a bunch of cards. Like it would change it to a grid view, basically. <laughs> oh, interesting. It would cha- okay. Yeah, change it to a, a card view straight down. I've never seen mm. anything that would I'll sh- do that. I would, yeah, I'll show you. I would love, show you. I would love to see this as well. I think yeah. everybody <laughs> wants to see this. So <laughs> okay, well, I can, make, I can show you. Maybe we'll uh, uh, make a cheat sheet about these things and make it go right, viral because... <laughs> <laughs> I will be as vocal it. about these about uh, as I am vocal about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the York logo on there for some free marketing. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, it's, I think you all have unpopular opinions, so I want I want to hear these. Uh, maybe Antonio, maybe you could. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we next. are using too many microblogging sites now. We have uh, Twitter, of course. We have uh, Mastodon. We have Blue Sky, and I have Master? not set up. Uh, I have not set up any kind of cross posting, so I'm doing it by hand, and it's uh, awful. I don't Sucks, want to do yeah. it. <laughs> is, it is it just decide? is it just me, or uh, did Blue Sky kind of die? Maybe I, I don't think it's dead. I haven't even looked at it in like yeah. Or I'm, 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 sure I, I, I'm currently using it, but uh, I rarely check on Blue Sky, and I think mm, the, yeah. the problem of Blue Sky is that they are missing a for you algorithm. Now they are released the, the custom feed uh, things and someone actually, uh, I just discovered a home plus feed that should be kind of uh, right. uh, for me. But I think the real power of Twitter, uh, I mean, at least for me, is the fact that you can just browse your uh, for me and get to see what other people that are not inside your, chir- uh, your circle, uh, what other yeah. people think. That I think yeah. is very key. It's very important because if you, if I have twenty subscribers, if I mean if I have twenty follow, it's kind of boring because I I just see what those twenty people are have to say, and that's yeah. kind of Facebook, and that's why Facebook has died, in my opinion. Yeah, you kind of need that extra extra big feed before you get to like. Before you like, like before you have followed enough people, you need something yeah. to fill out the 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 quietness or silence or whatever you want to call it. Well, I think even when you do follow a bunch of people, those people have a set of opinions, and I think that it's nice to see other opinions. Oh yeah, for sure. Interpolated. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. No, you're right. You All get right. inside a box if you don't like. You can get inside these like circles and not hear outside of the circles, and yeah. that's kind of the problem with the world a little bit right now. Yeah, Twitch is encouraging <laughs> that now, unfortunately. <laughs> Anthony, uh, yeah, my my rant, my whatever is. I mean, it's it's kind of recycled from an old one, but I still I feel so passionately about it that I have to say it again. Notion is not good. You should not use it. <laughs> Notion is just crap. Evergreen. There is like agreed. There's, there's a, a guy who um, he he made a node consultancy back in the day. Uh, I think he was at one point part of the core Node.js team, but he's created an alternative to Notion called DesiPad, um, a guy called Nuno Job. And that um, DesiPad is actually, he started one of these hosting companies. What's it called? I can't sorry? remember. De- he's called Nuno Desipad? Job. DesiPad? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, 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 the tool's called DesiPad. So him okay. and a bunch of those guys have created a tool called, called DesiPad. And it's kind of like Notion, but you have a focus on numbers. So somewhere between Notion and Airtable. Um, and it's great It's great if you're trying to build, um, I mean, it's all closed beta right now, but it's, it's interesting to like look at what they've done. And 
they've got some demo demo workbooks but basically pulling a bunch of stats in a kind of database format and then writing articles that use those stats and visualize them and do charts and things so if you're presenting stuff as a business like it's really cool for that and i think you know this is this is kind of like the ranting section this isn't my pick this is my rant really but i think that notion tries to do too much uh, as i said before and Desipad fills a niche whereby you do one thing really well. Airtable does one thing really well. Um, Coda actually focuses on doing one thing really well, and it, it lacks some features that Notion does. There's space for all these tools um, and interrupt between them, but I think one that tries to cover all bases is never going to be good, and unfortunately that is Notion right now. Yeah, yeah I The really main problem like I have with Notion is just it's so slow. I mean, they need and to it's really rewrite slow. it in Svelte, and then maybe it's a good tool. <laughs> I think rewrite <laughs> it in Svelte and maybe swap the database. You know, there's, there's yeah. a few the things that you go on there. Account management, like, you can't copy and paste, especially on mobile. Like, it's just, there's no. lots of things that are problematic with it. But I do like some of the You can't do it on desktop. It's just... You can't copy paste full stop. No matter what you try and do, you have to find this yeah. invisible pixel in the middle of white space between to grab the stuff. Right, like it's rubbish. <laughs> um, yeah. You can't delete. You can't delete properly. It doesn't delete. It just what's does the, something else random. What's the other open source tool that like Cassidy Williams is always on about? It starts with an O. I think. Oh, there was one that. It's not open source. Obsidian. Obsidian. Yeah. Obsidian. It's not yeah. open source though, sadly. Oh, it's not. Uh. But it's really good. No, someone's made an open source one as well, and I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, lock yeah, I mean, stash. Lock, lock, something with lock. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's my rant. Next notion again. All right. <laughs> I All actually right. have two unpopular opinions, but one is very quick. Because I just <laughs> thought about the fact that uh, you can rewrite uh, Notion in, uh, in Svelte. And uh, uh, I, I'm sure if someone do it, uh, I will call Sorry. it like Svotion, something <laughs> like that. And of I kind of hate these kind of names. Because, I mean, it's cool. Some 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 uh, some names are cool. Like for example, MDS Vex is cool in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's not how it started. Are... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it started out being a very very contentious name. <laughs> It grows I actually on you, wanted. Though. I actually wanted to call the uh, Svelte Lab uh, Svench, like a workbench. <laughs> <laughs> but Paolo but was Svench against is it. The, Svench yeah, is we, the tool. Yeah, we no, talk about... Svench, a... uh, Svenvel, so like an anvil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was really forcing it. <laughs> and I, I opposed it because I, <laughs> I kind of don't like the, the forcing the Sve in, inside names <laughs> to yeah. if it's made with Svelte. <laughs> So this is a quick one. And the other unpopular opinion, which I, I hope it's not unpopular, but I think PWA are fine. I mean, I I think PWAs are way ahead instead of, I mean, ex especially if you need to work with React Native. And maybe I'm, mm -hmm. I'm saying this because I'm currently working with React Native, but the amount <laughs> of, of uh, weight you 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 take on your back if you are working with React Native, and all for maybe a bit of smoother animations because I really don't see the reason to have an app, uh, especially because in uh, on Android you can install PWAs as with the uh, the web uh, APK. So you actually get yeah. a, a real app experience and the amount of things you can do with native, uh, I mean, PWAs can do a lot of things. You can vibrate, you can uh, access geolocation and yeah. 
the only thing that you miss is push notification. But even then, in React Native, you still have to set up Firebase to have push notification. So actually, yeah. you can't you, I, you can't push I, notification even in React Native. So what's the point? I think you, I think you like Safari just recently on on their latest keynote, Apple introduced support for for push notifications. So it should be possible mm-hmm. to do now in, in all of the browsers, which is great. They actually put, pushed out a lot of good features for PWAs. I sound yeah. like a spokesperson for Apple, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, I, I think now that we have these features uh, that Safari has really lacked, and because Safari has been the only browser on iPhone, right, yeah. we can now finally actually make PWAs that work across all phones. So yeah. I... I I'm actually gonna go out on the limb here and 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 say that we're gonna I'm gonna make a prediction. And I, I think that we're gonna see more PWAs and less native apps. Maybe we'll see apps built using things like capacitor, which are basically just like web views wrapped in, in like some native shell or something, as far as I understand it. So yeah. Maybe that's not such a spicy uh, I- prediction. I think the one of the biggest challenges is the differences between all of the mobile phones and the way CSS plays between mobile views between those right. devices. Like there's different um, responsive units now. Like we have, yeah. I don't even know what all. There are like a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, there's like lots of them now, and. Yeah. There's different things that you have to do because some browsers put their nav bar on the bottom, some put them on the top, yeah. and like it's it's weird how it shifts on mobile phones. So like yep. there's still a lot of work in that space. But I, if if we could do some CSS things, I think there's I mean, something. Yeah, uh, the, the think, new dynamic viewport height, dynamic viewport width uh, are not just to address this. No, no, I mean they're I I don't know I don't remember exactly what. But all of them are for. But they're like so they many. They are new. trying to address that. I yeah. I don't know if they do completely address it, and I don't know what the support is. I haven't fully looked yeah. into them yet. Is what I'm I'm getting at. I don't I'm know. Sure, if we'll have to. There yet. I'm sure we'll have to wait like three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before Safari implements it. No. <laughs> or I guess Firefox nowadays. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So I I think so the I think the trade. Yeah, <laughs> I think the trade-off there is still kind of in the favor of PWAs, right? Because you have, like, if you build something native, you still have to configure it for Android and then configure it for iPhone. Well, it's just we're like, having this discussion at work too. Like, we have a PWA, and a lot of people at work use their mobile phone to like do our. They add things to their cart, and then they go to their desktop right. to actually place the order. So we uh, need like a good mobile view, but we don't have teams that could build a native app. We build in Svelte, so there's not really a good native version of that right now. We would need to hire people that could build in a native platform. So yeah. it's a trade-off right now. So Don't do it. Yeah. I, Free yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we have a PWA, so it's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just that it is easier to build. It's also that I don't really, I don't really see the 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 need for a, a native app. Once you can do all you can do with PWAs, and you can do a lot. Like 
again, accessing, vibrating. It's a lot of things that you can do with a PWAs. I really don't see the benefit of learning a new a new platform because you have to learn React Native. Also, you also have to 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 have knowledge about uh, Android and iOS development because yeah. uh, you will have to to touch inside uh, specific files and it's it's a mess. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think that's that's our unpopular opinions. I don't have one. Maybe my pick actually is an unpopular opinion. We'll see. So, uh, do you guys have any any picks? Or sh- maybe I should go first. Uh, so, my pick is global warming is great, and it's <laughs> it's tongue in cheek because it's it's yeah. <laughs> making Sweden very very nice and hot and and awesome for me. But everything else <laughs> is probably going to 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 the poop pile. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's just a joke, but that's my pick. As the polar <laughs> ice cap around you is melting. Yes. <laughs> I have a pick for, but it's for uh, newly come parents because it's actually a, a cartoon that my son likes to watch, which is called Bluey. And I, I really, I really recommend this this cartoon because it's wonderful. I I, I very often uh, find myself to just watch Bluey while my son is doing other things uh, because it's good. It's it's basically a, a cartoon that talks about uh, a family of dogs uh, that lives in Australia, and they are uh, super into imagination imagination games. So uh, there are those two small dogs that uh, do all sorts of imagination games and uh, the father and uh, the mother just go all in on the imagination games and continue to play with them. It's very awesome. It is the best cartoon for a parent watching with a child. It hands <laughs> down the best cartoon. My kids love it and they're, they're older kids too. They're 10, 9 and almost almost nine and then eight, uh, just turned seven. So I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> and my pick is Diablo four. I just started playing two days ago and loving it so far. It's been really fun. Um, beautiful game to play. Entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, saw, I saw someone got it running on Mac even. So uh, maybe I should try it. <laughs> Is that impressive? I guess. Like, well, actually, actually, yes, yes. Uh, so this is Apple, so sad to me how long Apple has went with like yeah. not having a decent gaming system, but they can like do that because they. I like the fact that the whole salesperson, Apple salesperson, Kev, continue to emerge. <laughs> <laughs> I have played every, well, I guess I didn't play Diablo 1. I played Diablo 2 back in the day. It was one of my first MMOs. I played Diablo 3 and then Diablo 4 uh, now. But this is the first one I've played on a console. So I'm playing this on PS5. I played the other two on PC. So it's oh, very it's, it's on console? Different. Yeah, so you can play it on, like, uh, anything, basically. And I'm playing it on PS5, which is very different but it's kind of freeing not like sitting at a computer like you can play with the controller and you have to get used to the controls doing that but it's it's a much 
easier experience i think you how get, does it work do you have like a cursor or are you controlling the character or no uh you you run it's just like a normal platform game like you, okay. you run with the the joypad and then um the normal buttons because you would play with the mouse like with the mm -hmm. left and right click that is x and square mm -hmm. and then right. it just assigns buttons for the skills hmm. Okay. So maybe that's because from what I remember you like click and then the character goes there but now we just use the stick yeah you just run with the joy the oh, joystick okay. and that's, so that's that's nice. much better <laughs> yeah it is it's so nice yeah all right um Antonio, do you... Uh, yeah, pick? so my pick is also a video game. I'm still uh, obsessed with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's I've put like 50 hours into it, but I feel like I've only scratched the surface. It's amazing how feature or how, how full of stuff to do this game is. It's uh, crazy and kind of makes me anxious because I will never be able to do everything. But I'm having a very good time. Yeah, that's so I was talking to a friend just before uh, we started recording the podcast about and he was completely sold on the game like apparently you can make machines yeah you can like build crazy contraptions and stuff that moves on itself yeah. and yeah it's, crazy. it's crazy it's the most open open world game right now i would say wow <laughs> can run kind of game. <laughs> 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 all right anthony yeah, uh, so my pick is is weird because um, I always explain why my pick is not normal sounding every time, don't I? But anyway, um, my pick is basically, I don't like e-scooters, um, and it's not a rant. I don't like e-scooters because I, I find them irritating and they get in the way when I'm trying to cycle and stuff like that. But and you bought one. But I bought one. And the, the reason I bought one, and it's, it's quite different to a regular one, but... Um, I think walking to and from nursery every day a lot or, or something that I did whilst I was trying to pick up the child from the cot or something caused my tendon to, to have a, an injury of some sort. And um, it made walking very hard and they're quite hard to heal and take a lot of recovery. So I tried to cut down on the walking. That was one of the pieces of advice I got from my from my, uh, my doctor. And I was thinking if I, if I could cycle there, it'd be great because I can cycle there one way and push the pram back. I have to lock my bike up at nursery, which I don't want to do, and, and vice versa on the way back. It's going to be really irritating. I was trying to think of solutions whereby I could have some form of transport that's not like getting a bus or, or whatever. Um, and so I realized if I get a really, really lightweight e-scooter, and I searched Amazon and stuff for ages to try and find one, I could actually put it on the pram when I got to nursery and then push the pram back with the scooter and the child in it. Um, and I found one on Amazon um, called a Mega Wheels S1, and it's eight <laughs> kilograms in weight, right? And that's that's ridiculously light. If you, if you imagine most e-scooters are quite big, heavy things, this one is, it looks like a regular scooter. The battery's so slim on the bottom and it's dead cheap as well. Like they don't cost any money, um, you know, relative to, to the 500 quid that scooters cost. This costs about 150 pounds. So it's really, really lightweight, really, really small, compact. I stick it on the bottom of the push chair and just walk back with it and, and the child in one. So it's really convenient because it means I've cut my walking down by half, which is not you know normally a goal I'd have, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an anti-goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to cut my walking down if I want to continue walking, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. I think I think that's all of the picks, all of the unpopular opinions. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, that's that's it for us. Uh, thank you, Antonio and Paolo, for for coming on and talking about Svelte Lab. We thank you we, so much for having us. 
It took a bit longer to, to get to get this podcast sorted out, but we finally did it. So, yeah. Uh, and to everyone else who's listening, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Kevir. If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.